So welcome along to the uh, Talking United Yellow Army Herald Express Devon Live podcast. Um, we're here to chat about things that are going on on and off the field um, at Playmore as usual. Uh, the regular podcasters, myself and Dave, are here. But we've got a guest with us in our uh, improvised studio this week. We've got the Herald Express editor, Jim Parker, with us. Welcome, Jim. Welcome. Thank you very much. Good to have you along. The reason why you, um, that we've got you in, you wrote a column um, in the Herald Express, which also appeared on Devon Live uh, which was which was your take on the uh, the current state of play at Playmore with Talk United on and off the field, and we thought because you know it has been much discussed uh, since it went up online, um, it would be interesting to chat to you about what led you to um, to write that piece. Yeah, well, thanks for the invite for me. Anyway, thanks. Uh, good to meet everybody. Um, the reason we did it really was, or I did it, that we've had lots of concern about Talk United both on and off the field in the past few weeks, and that concern is heightened to fever pitch among some people um, and it's worth emphasising that nobody wants to see United sink, uh, the fans, the community and least of all the Herald Express and we've come in for a lot of flack the last few months about allegedly not doing our job properly and asking questions in the right places which um, I will defend to the hilt because the sports team we've got here have been all over the club for many many years to make sure that we do ask those questions in the right places and get the answers that that people want. Um, we believe in supporting the club to the hilt and I appreciate the emotions are running high but I thought maybe it was about time that I asked some questions of the people running the club to see if I could come up with some answers that those fans who were giving me and my team lots of stick wanted to see. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I did the column. And, and the gist of the column was to, to look at, um, at the involvement of the owners of the club and, yeah. and to take things forward from there. Yeah, I think the biggest elephant in the room, as my column said, was Playmore and what mm-hmm. happened to Playmore. We all know that Clock Osborne owns the club. We know of his business interests and we know of his five-year vision for the club, um, which includes a new stadium out of town. What I was wondering, a lot of other people, I think, was what happens to Playmore? And my column made it clear, after talking to several people, that there was no way in the world that anything would happen to play more other than football or sporting activities. And and I learned that perhaps the only partnership involving Playmore was a link up with Westlands next door, the Spires College as is now, which made absolute sense. And then there was speculation, and it's nothing more than that, that perhaps uh, the quinter playing fields used by the school currently could be freed up for some sort of residential development to finance that much talked about stadium at Barton. So that's what I did, that's what the speculation was about, and it was just pure speculation based on conversations with certain people that I had over the past couple of weeks. Now, you, you've been a Talker United supporter for, I mean, we go back a long way, you've been a Talker United supporter as long as I've known you. There's no question that the Herald Express isn't right behind Talk United on and off the pitch. Absolutely no. Yeah, we've been right behind the club from, well, from ever the day it was formed. The day Tom has been, has been covering the club for the last 3,000 years. His uh, blood is yellow and blue and always will be. Uh, of course we'll, we'll support the club. We don't want to see the club sink, get relegated, go out of business. It's at the heart of the community and, and, it, and it should remain there. And I just would like people to 
Remember the days of the Chris Roberts regime when... Uh, those, lots, those two words are banned on the <laughs> When there were lots of concerns about what was happening, it was us that led the inquiry into uh, the plans at that time. We could have quite easily have seen Tory and I closed down a new stadium built on the recreation ground, or was it a train station? But that, that didn't happen. But there's no question that the Herald Express won't continue to hold the, the people in charge of Playmore to account as there when it needs to be done. We will continue to, to ask those difficult questions in the right places and seek to get the right answers to make sure that Talking United survives for the next 100 years. Good to hear that. Thank you very much, Jim. You're off the hook. Thank you. <laughs> Jim Parker, the editor of the Herald Express, joining us on the podcast instead of just listening in um, for the week. Which leaves me and David to uh, to talk about the the more mundane no not mundane matters it was a great no, no, it's, uh, it's hugely important all yeah, of this isn't it and, it uh, is. and I think we've we've always known uh, uh, right from the word go from the moment that Clark Osborne stepped in and uh, uh, you know it is worth restating that even the previous chairman Dave Phillips said that the club was ten days away from going into an, into administration so uh, there's every possibility we'll come on to the difficulties of one or two other clubs in the division at the moment. Yeah. There's every possibility that United could have been in the Conference South by now <laughs> if, if that hadn't happened. But ever since Clark Osborne took over, there has been this central issue of what happens to Playmore. Yeah. And uh, in, in all of this, um, you know, Osborne came in and made it very clear from day one that, that he saw the only way, whether you agree with him or not, that the club was to have a long-term sustainable future is to move the, the club to a place which generates more money than Playmore does once a fortnight, yeah, yeah. effectively. Uh, uh, now, of course, the one organisation that has a huge influence in all of this and will ultimately decide yay, nay, yes or, or, or does it happen or doesn't it, is Torbay Council, yeah. who owns Playmore. And at the moment, neither Clark Osborne has come up with the detailed plans that we're all waiting to see, nor has the council come out with any sort of a statement about how they see the future of Plainmore or any other allied sites that Jim has just referred to. Uh, and they are just as important in all of this as actually Clark Osborne or Talk yeah. United on the football club because without the council say so, nothing happens. It would be interesting. I know I'm not sure if there is any kind of mechanism for this. I've been going to Torbay Council meetings for a long time, but I don't know the answer to this question. Whether there's something similar to one of those government committees where interested parties come in and they speak to the council in public so that you know people could be there. It, it wouldn't be the kind of atmosphere of a fans forum or a public meeting where questions are coming from the floor, yeah. but there would be some kind of debate between Clark Osborne and the council in public yeah. to try and, and, and sort of burst this balloon and try and get this out in the open. Yeah, I mean, it's look, you're dealing with, with potentially huge amounts of money, you know, and, and emotions and all of this. Of course you are. And it being football, it's yeah. even more emotional than even if, it, even if this was a site in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, let's say this was... Coffinswell or somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you'd be dealing with similar things. Only because it's Talk United and Playmore, and the club has been there since 1910, etc., 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 etc. Allied to the fact that the club is hallelujah, not quite bottom of the of the national league. No, uh, we'll come on to that. Uh, in we'll a come on to that yeah. in a minute. It cranks the whole thing up. I, I've. Uh, 
Clark Osborne can speak for himself uh, and he probably doesn't do as much of it as he no. ought to do. Um, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, the bills are all being paid and the staff are in no danger of not getting their wages in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, but I can't help thinking that if United were currently in the National League playoff places... It, everything would feel different. Everything start, would feel yes, different. Yeah. The actual reality wouldn't be any different. Uh, there would still be genuine and proper concerns over what, ha what happens to Plain Moore uh, and who the right people to do all of this are, blah, 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 blah. Of course there would be. But it, it's, it's, that, it's, the, it's, it's this uncertainty allied to the yeah. fact that the team on the pitch has been simply not good enough for the last few years. Yeah. Now, United and, and Osborne and Gary Hours and all the staff at the club are doing their best to try and turn this round. Um, uh, we, we say it every time, don't we, that they get involved in another great escape. If they get out of this one, does it does it make it and does it make uh, it better than the last one? Who, who knows? It's um, it it's feels a like it's a taller it. order than the last. It feels, one. It feels like, like it is, it, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, you know, United gave everybody a huge boost last Saturday. Yes, they uh, did. Uh, not yeah. just with the win over Barrow, but with the way it it, it, yeah. it was done. How on earth the team that beat Barrow could lose four nil? Well, it wasn't quite the same team, but more or less could could lose four nil at home to Bromley the yeah. way they did a fortnight before is one of the great mysteries of lower division football, uh, and and probably what keeps us going every week. But um, so let's talk about that Barrow game. Should say hello to Julian as well, who came up to uh, make his number before the game on Saturday with the possibly the coldest looking child I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I hope that that was okay. I hope you've warmed up by now, but uh, it was perish. Wasn't oh, it, it was, it was, it was. I, I, is it? Is it the advancing years makes it feel colder it each is. time? It In is. which case, uh, chapeau to the many older supporters who are, are still coming uh, stoically week after week. Yeah. And, and I did feel particularly sorry for a couple of them who weren't there last Saturday that are known to me personally. They have been suffering through the last few months. Yeah, uh, and for one, for two different reasons, family reasons, etc., that they weren't there on Saturday. They deserved the win, and I always yeah. feel that the people who do the suffering deserve <laughs> to do the, to get the enjoyment when it when when a, a good day finally yeah. happens. And uh, both were very quickly in touch to say, "Oh no, we missed it." Well, let's um, talk about that third goal before we move on to anything else, because that was as as we said at the time and as several people have said the phrase that sprang to mind was a thing of beauty wasn't it I, I don't care what your division you're in uh, any team Premier League La Liga Bundesliga mm. National League uh, that, that could put together that goal uh, uh, would be proud of it so let, um, let's let's talk people through it for anybody who wasn't there oh, it, it is available it's uh, the highlights are on the club website they are, and, and the National YouTube League well. and the National League website so the, Elliot Romain was at the centre of the build-up, wasn't well, he? Well, uh, and without him, uh, it wouldn't have happened. But basically, uh, it all came from a, a Barrow free kick mm -hmm. attacking United's goal. Conrad Balatoni clears the ball up to Elliot Romain, who's deep in his own half, yeah. just, in, just outside the centre circle in United's half of the pitch. Just outside Hockley's office. Hockley's yes. office, yeah. right. And uh, he makes to turn one way. And, and sends a defender that way. He then turned and went the other way and yeah. got rid of another defender that way and then turned back in his original direction and puts George Dowling away on a counter-attacking run into yeah. the Barrow half of the pitch. 
Um, quite how Michel Fete got from uh, United's goal mouth <laughs> to where he did. Uh, um, uh, his, his runs up the right wing from right wing back have been a feature they of United's great, play. There was one on Saturday where he nearly ended up in the uh, in the refreshment hut over yes, by it, Bristow's bench. That's right. So he yeah. crossed the pitch yeah. and, and he would have kept going. Um, but sorry, and, carry and on. He, he gets up there uh, yeah. at, with a supporting run. Dowling, to his real credit doesn't carry the ball a yard further than he has mm. to, rolls the through ball through to Afete. Afete is now clear on the right-hand side, uh, and Luke Young, who's also <laughs> uh, uh, heading in a westerly direction yeah. as fast as he could possibly go, arrives in the box at exactly the right time. Yeah. Michel Afete puts a dream of a, of a low cross in. First touch, bang, goal eight, from about eight yards eight, out. Eight yards, yeah, central. Side, side foot. Yeah. Side foot. Not a... Not a a, a Barrow player touched the ball or even looked like touching it from the moment that whoever took the free kick yeah. for them took the free kick. So uh, from Balatoni onwards, it was just five man. It was a lovely move, it, though, it, wasn't it? It, it, it was, was top, beautiful. top quality. Uh, and at the heart of it all was Elliot Remains holding of the ball up yeah. and releasing a Dowling on, the, and, and the way he did it. He's been uh, a bit of a revelation, uh, hasn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I thought he was terrific last Saturday. Uh, Gary Owens was very quick to point out afterwards um, how pleased he was with with Elliot Romain and with Brett Williams, and in a funny sort of way, he he wasn't pleased that they didn't score, but he was sort of pleased that all the three goals came from other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, you know, the, uh, two midfield players and um, uh, a. Uh, uh, a defender, Sean yeah, McGinty, yeah. Who, who tapped the first one over that—that that was that was uh, um, who lashed it over the line from at least uh, <laughs> half a yard after J Josh Gowling yeah. had, had flicked on the corner. So it was good stuff. United um, were probably should have won by four or five, yeah. uh, and it was. I think now we all look back and think, right, okay, they've finally got a win and they're off the bottom of the table. Yeah. Look, let's face it, the league table still looked pretty bad. Mm -hmm. uh, United have played more games than anybody else. Um, their goal differences still makes yeah. them enforces them to get an extra point, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, and there are fourteen games to go. Yeah. Uh, if they pull this off, um, you know Gary Hours can probably still uh, demand the freedom of the borough. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, you know, but at least it's it's breathed a bit of new hope into the whole thing. Let's talk about George Dowling for a moment because he took his goal really well too, didn't he? Oh, a, a tremendous touch. Yeah. Um, a sort of diagonal little ball by uh, um, Luke Young to the edge of the area. Um, uh, Brett Williams flicks the ball over, not quite over their back four, but Dowling gets in on it. Yeah. And a very cool little flick yeah. over the last defender. Um, then gets in front, muscles him in and volleys it in on an angle from, from what, 10, 12 yards, yeah. something like yeah. that. Very well taken Good goal. Um, I mean, although he's played in the side, you know, he's been through some ups and downs with Torquay. He's had a, a spell out injured as well. But I still think he's one of those players that will look at a, a team in the Championship or even in the Premier League in a few years' time and say, "We had him at Plainmore for a while." Well, he's. Uh, uh, let's face it, Bristol City have just given him a new contract not long yeah. ago, a new two-year contract. So they clearly uh, think. And by the way, with this. Um, uh, we've got another Bristol City loanee on board who, who made a very brief appearance as a sub, uh, um, Lemonhay Evans uh, yeah. uh, on uh, Connor just, Lemonhay. Just Evans. as Evans on the back of his shirt. By uh, the way. Well, uh, Gary Hours just refers to him as Evans, uh, uh, so which <laughs> let's we'll give it, him his full name on, on a day yeah. in day out basis. <laughs> I can understand, um, but I think very often with these young players, they're, they're coming down from 
in this case the championship clubs yeah. to a team that's struggling in the muck and nettles of the conference and it's often very difficult for them they're keen to show what they can do yeah. they've got some talent they've got some ability and it's very easy especially if people around them aren't playing that well yeah. to make that work uh, uh, and sometimes you come into a pro setup like this there's a hell of a lot at stake a lot of tension a lot mm -hmm. of expectations and they have to go out there and almost forget their own egos yeah. and their own desire to look good and 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 I think where George Dowling arrived he scored a goal on his debut tremendous goal at that then he got injured and I think a couple of times recently through no fault of his own because this is what we've just been talking about yeah. you're trying so hard to improve the situation and sometimes simplicity is actually the answer yeah um, but because you're trying so hard you have three, four touches. You're trying to find something better than the thing that lo actually looks on. And that in that invites a tackle, losing the ball, being put under pressure. And gradually, I think one of the good things about last Saturday was that United, on the whole, moved the ball pretty quickly. And I still think they can move it a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the learning that those young lads are going yeah. through at the moment which is what you referred to uh, and hopefully in later years and I'm sure many of the players who've been through playing more in our memory uh, and well I know they do they look back on their time at Torquay as when they really yeah. learnt how yeah. to be pros and how to play proper football Now there's another player who's doing exactly the same thing but did it a few months ago is Michi Effete because when he first came into the side... 19 years old. Yeah, we looked at him the first couple of games and we thought, I'm not sure this is going to work. You know, you know, maybe he's not sort of thinking in a National League kind of a way. Yep. But he has grown into that position, hasn't yes, he? Yes, that's right. He's I, playing right wing back now. Yeah. Uh, he can play right centre back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here we go. Square square peg, square holes. What's Michi Effete brilliant at? He can run like a stag. Yeah. He's not bad with the ball at his feet. Um, and uh, there's probably a goal in him somewhere, although we haven't actually <laughs> seen that yet. Uh, so play him in a position where he can make the most of those weapons, yeah. um, and he's doing a great job at right wing yeah. back. Uh, um, in other words, any manager, and I'm sure Maidenhead probably had a scout at Playmore last Saturday, um, we'll talk about them in a minute, what they were occupied with in midweek, uh, would be going back to Alan Devonshire at Maidenhead and said, we've got to watch... Yeah, the two wing backs coming, and especially Afete. I thought Liam Davis did reasonably well as well yeah. in that role. I know he's frustrated. We still haven't seen a Liam Davis goal. We're waiting for one, uh, and he's capable of delivering that. Um, away to Macclesfield, and I wasn't there, but there were there were sort of reports that that wing back thing yeah. uh, uh, sometimes is vulnerable if the opposition are really gutsy enough to commit two wingers yeah. to attack the space behind the two wing backs, but. Uh, um, basically it's your system against our system yeah. isn't it and uh, whoever does it best usually wins Now we're talking about the teams who are down with us there are some alarm bells ringing at some of the teams in the National Conference yeah. in National Conference National League aren't there and you know, this might have an effect on us as the season unwinds Well I, I, it, it, all, it does all let's face it uh, uh, underline how damn difficult it is to run yeah. sustainable football clubs at this level on the gates that you get uh, and with the expectation levels the wages that players even at this level uh, are, can, can command 
Um, uh, I think everybody's heard about um, Hartlepool's yeah. problems. The police are in there now, so we understand. That's, that's um, bad, isn't it? Uh, 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 Chester have been yeah. putting the buckets out, proverbially speaking. Um, we're hearing uh, alarms, uh, bells ringing at Dagenham. See, that's a surprise. Um, when you said that, that's a real surprise, Well, isn't well it? Uh, Sam Ling, Martin Ling's yeah. son, has just gone to Leighton Orient. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Ferrier has gone back to Boreham Wood, both for undisclosed fees. Mm-hmm. And the noises I'm hearing are is that almost any Dagenham player is up for sale um, at the right price. Might uh, that um, include Elliot <laughs> Romain? Well, uh, <laughs> um, it's a bit of a le- leading be, question. Yeah, there, but, you it's, know. well... I, if, if I was United and you're looking yeah. at him at the moment, you know, and let's not try and put the lad under too much pressure. He's only just got here and he's played three games, but uh, he's given United a lift up front and he's yeah. made of the right stuff. Um, uh, funnily enough, United, of course, played Dagenham on Saturday week at home. Yeah. And, and as things stand, he's obviously on loan from Dagenham, and I imagine that uh, um, he wouldn't be allowed to play in that game as things stand. But we'll, that, that's we'll... a convention rather than a rule, isn't it? But uh, it's a convention it, that is is observed. It is, it? Yeah. Uh, and quite a lot of the loan deals, it's actually written in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I know what some older United fans are thinking back to the great Jake Robinson uh, yes. uh, issue from Shrewsbury when Shrewsbury forgot to put a marvelous it in, day in, that was. Yeah, yes, forgot yeah. to put <laughs> forgot to put the. Uh, uh, um, he can't play against us clause in and I think United won 5 nil, and he scored twice he gleefully he helped like himself that. to a yeah. couple yes. um, uh, because he, he did eventually stay with us but uh, um, uh, no so I, I think as things stand uh, Romain might not be able to play against United, no. uh, against Dagenham but we'll see where that goes I'm hearing uh, reports of two or three other clubs as well on top of those three that yeah. are struggling financially at the moment it's precarious, isn't it? Especially with the economy as it is, that you know, if you only need to be a club owner who turns around and thinks that I just can't go on putting this amount of money into a club. Yes, which exactly. is what's happening in other places. Yeah, quite. Yeah. yeah. Now, thankfully, touching wood. Touching just for those wood, who, uh, who uh, can't see that, this situation is is not at Torquay. Mm. Uh, um, from everything I can find out, the the, the finances and the support. Uh, from the owners are, uh, is solid yeah. um, and uh, over and above the signings that United have made I mean they made eight signings in January Yeah. Uh, Alex Fletcher since gone back to Plymouth um, no others have left so far and from what I understand they're still looking yeah. um, So there, there is a modest windfall coming isn't there the Angus MacDonald money quite we still don't know what the, um, well, what the deal there is uh, in any detail I'm pretty certain that yeah. that, that done as much digging as I can in all parts of the country on that one and I'm pretty sure that United will be receiving around 80,000 something yeah. like that the fee wasn't as big uh, for, by the way uh, McDonald went from Barnsley to Hull City as I'm sure girls fans know um, uh, it wasn't as big as, uh, as some people speculated but uh, I think United have got in the region of 80,000 pound coming now, it won't all come at once it's de- um, decent money uh, yeah, where Torquay uh, uh, are, though, isn't it? Well, and, and it's, a, it's a refreshing boost uh, compared to the last time they were in this yeah. boat, proverbially boat, when Unano came, uh, on whom they had, I'm given to understand now, a 20% sell-on. Really? Not a 15%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, the former chairman, Dave Phillips, very kindly rang me this week to say, yeah. uh, actually, it was 20%, Dave, not 15%. Um, that was a good bit of business, then. Well, it would have been. Get that in there. It would yeah. have been. If, yeah. Yes, it was, it was perfectly, was it? And well done to the previous board for, for negotiating mm. that. But, uh, of course, as we all know, Unan O'Kane mysteriously ended up going from Premier League Bournemouth to Championship Leeds without apparently a penny passing between the two clubs. Uh, and that, is, that has been a source of aggravation it's and left a little bit of a sour more. taste that, that's hasn't right it really um now this this move from mcdonald to um uh, to hull city will produce a yeah a benefit to united so it's all a help let's face it you know you've, you bills have to be paid wages yeah. have to be paid and week if, in week out and if talkie were to go after a player from a national league side because the window doesn't matter no then then at least they've got a, a little bit of all or a free chest. agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. at least they've got a, a little bit of money to go and well, do it. Well, it encourages the yeah. owner to go, yeah, go ahead yeah. and do it. Good stuff. Um, so, Saturday's game, yeah. next Saturday, talking away at Maidenhead, which is almost a local derby, well, bizarrely. It's it was the either that or closest. Eastleigh, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, it, um, there's only about seven or eight miles in it, isn't there? <laughs> Whether it's Eastleigh like or Maidenhead, yes. the local derby. Uh, and, and in the wake of the win over Barrow, I think, you know, uh, there'll be quite a few going yeah. up again uh, to Maidenhead. And, uh, Talky did beat Maidenhead convincingly, 4-0 at Playmore, which yeah. was another day when we thought we'd turn the corner, to be well, honest. Well, it was the first win of the season <laughs> at the 14th attempt, wasn't yeah. it, in, back in October. And, and a Tuesday night, Maidenhead got held up in traffic. Uh, That's and right, right. Forgotten the kickoff bit. was yes. put back yeah. 15 minutes, I think, something like that, and United murdered them. And we showed them no um, mercy whatsoever. No, no. And, uh, but uh, let's wait and see. Yeah. Uh, nobody would have travelled further uh, in this cause than Gary Hours, who drove for seven hours up to Stockport on Tuesday night um, uh, to see their uh, FA Trophy replay, uh, Maidenheads at Stockport, and then drove nearly seven hours back again down the M6, and anybody who's been on the M6 in recent memory knows what that's like. And they treated him to extra time as well, didn't and, they? And uh, yeah, he said apart from 14 hours on the road, he said the night was almost perfect because uh, Maidenhead <laughs> were two up got pulled yeah. back to 2 all and lost 3-2 in extra time. So, um, uh, And he stayed for every minute of it, um, just to, just, you know, just to make, uh, sure. make sure. Yeah. And, and also to uh, have a good look at all the various yeah. permutations. So, um, who have they got, Maidenhead? Who do we need to watch out for? Well, there? it's a very good question, because if you run most of the Maidenhead team past... If you run most National League teams past supporters at this level, yeah. clued up people that most of them are... Uh, there's nearly always a few names they recognise in there. Not at Maidenhead. Like, like for instance, Grant Holt well, playing for Barrow on Grant Saturday. Grant Holt playing for Barrow on Saturday. Uh, at Maidenhead, incredible achievement. Alan Devonshire moved to there from Braintree, took quite a few of his old Braintree players yeah. to Maidenhead. Uh, loads of other part-time lads, almost out of amateur football, uh, um, who, who came up last year from the Conference South. Uh, and have just carried on, and they're yeah. comfortably in mid-table. I don't think they're going to go down or up. Um, but uh, it, it's they're, they are pretty hard to beat. I think yeah. only four teams have won at um, York Road this season. It, it does uh, um, celebrate the fact that apparently it's the oldest continuously used football ground in the United Kingdom. Is it really? Yeah, going yeah. back to the yeah. uh, uh, mid-19th century or whenever it is. Um 
Although some people say that the pitch looks as if they've been uh, playing hard, but that's, let's get up there first and find out yeah. what it's like. They're like cricket pitches, aren't they? The worst, one, the worst looking ones seem to play okay, yeah. and the and the absolute carpets end up not being so. So uh, what was uh, that cup it? replay the other night? Where was it Rochdale? Against, a sandy pitch. Yeah. Just, I mean, that was like uh, looking at Highfield Road. Or, oh, I can't remember. No, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. the highlights came yeah. on. And I thought, hang on a minute, is this one of those match of the days from the 1980s yes. or something? Yeah, I think, I think well, wasn't it? I saw Tottenham beat uh, Newport yeah. uh, uh, in the replay the other night. And somebody, I saw the lines of, their reward is a trip to Rochdale in the fair. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if um, uh, Spurs are looking at it like that. But, uh, It'll take a stud, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. But, but following Maidenhead, Interesting run of games. Exactly. Uh, um, three ho- three successive home games, mm-hmm. Dagenham, Sutton on the Tuesday night following, and then after a gap, because United won't now be playing late nor into away on of the course, 24th, yeah. they've then got filed at home, and then three successive away games, Maidstone, the, the rearranged against, game against late Orient, and Solihull Moors. Um, and of course... <laughs> without trying to get too far ahead of yourself, which you must not do in this division, no. um, you, you've got Dagenham, Sutton, Fylde, Maidstone and Leighton Orient. And then we go into the Solihull, Geisley, Chester, three, th- three matches. Now, if United can put some sort of run together yeah. uh, uh, over the next four or five games, uh, and I know if is the biggest word in the English language, yeah. And you then can tackle Solihull, Geisley, Chester in successive matches. You start to think there might be some serious prospects those, of getting out of this. Those home games are so crucial now. They though, are. Aren't they? they are. And to um, get a bit of momentum going as well. I, know we, I, I probably use that word every week, but it, it's so important to once you've got the one win to just keep it going. I think it? It, it's it's. I'm. Momentum is 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 what you make of it, isn't it? Uh, we just know that this division is so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, you know, you are talking about a division where Macclesfield, top of the table, lost six one at Fylde the other night yeah. or the other day. Um, so anything can happen, um, and just because you happen to be playing somebody that's around you in the relegation zone doesn't make that fixture any easier no. than playing Sutton or Tranmere or whoever it is but um, if United I think it's the psychological business if United can get that gap to the safety places down to even six yeah five four points still with time to do it uh, as Gary Owls was saying this week he said look uh, this ain't, this won't be sorted before the last two or three games of the no, season. We no. all know that. It's a question of getting there. Still in with a chance. Still in, still in yeah. with a chance. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. And that's exactly what happened last season. United clawed their way out of a mess to the point where at least they could do something in the last three or four yeah. games. Braintree at home, win. Dover away, completely that unexpected game, win. And they won't. They finished the game, the season with three wins, nine points, and completely transformed what looked like a, a, a comparatively hopeless situation. Now, whilst whatever United do over the next few weeks, you do have to keep an eye on the others. There is a huge game at Barrow this Saturday between Barrow and Hartlepool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they then play Barrow Sutton at home on the Tuesday night. So Barrow got two home games coming up. Sutton are obviously uh, going for a promotion or. or 
you know, you'd have playoffs thought so. At least, yeah, because yeah. of course the playoff positions. We thought at the beginning of the season that this was going to be relevant to us somehow, didn't we? But we there were, were more playoff positions. Yeah, this quite. Year. This goes down to seventh place. We don't care now, but no, um, exactly. Other teams um, do. I know of one person who's still holding us <laughs> a betting slip. For, really, for, really, for the I, playoffs. I, um, and, and I hope good. that comes off. <laughs> well yeah, done to him. Um, but these games are obviously hugely important. Uh, for instance, Barrow against Hartlepool this Saturday. As long as Barrow don't win, yeah. probably any result is all right there. Um, if Hartlepool's financial problems were to spiral yeah. out of control and they then end up in administration, and for their sake, we probably hope it doesn't, but who knows, um, then, uh, you know... If they're going to get docked 10 points... They come into the mix as they well. They come then, into the mix they? as well. Yeah. They're already in the mix as yeah. we speak. But uh, So these teams just outside the play at the bottom four are just as important and how mm. they get on as teams like Solihull, Geisley, Chester and ourselves. Uh, uh, that, you know, United cannot allow that gap to teams like uh, uh, Barrow, Halifax, yeah. Leighton Orient, Hartlepool possibly... They're the teams that United must catch. Yeah, uh, you know they know they've got to get above the others. That goes without saying. So how but they do is 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 nearly yeah. as important as how United do over the next game or two. And suddenly after the Barrow game, it seems possible. The chap who stopped me in the street the other day and said, "Is there still hope, Jim?" Yes, there is still. Hope. <laughs> yeah, it's still. Yeah, well, you, you have to. You have to. You have to believe that, don't you? And not just because of the result. Everybody knew before Saturday. I can understand Gary Hours trying not to go down the must-win uh, road because, well, why would you? But I think everybody else knew it was a, a must-win. Yeah. United didn't just win it. They won it playing really well. Uh, now, they have to go back to square one on Saturday. Just yeah. Whatever they did against Barrow last Saturday has nothing to do with what happens at 3 o'clock on Saturday at Maidenhead. Different day, different yeah. game, different opposition. You go back to square one and you sort this lot out. I... I I'm a huge admirer of, well, I think I'm not the only one, there's thousands of others are, of Rob Baxter at Exeter, yeah, the, the Exeter yeah. Chiefs coach. And he has a wonderful saying about coaching and systems and all this sort of stuff. He said, it's what's in front of you that counts. In other words, yeah. how do you handle the guy in front of you? How do you handle the situation in front of you? How do you just keep looking in front of you and dealing with what's in front yeah. of you? Not what's happening 50 yards away or, or and all adapting sort of stuff. as you go. And yeah. Correct. And yeah. you just keep, and if all 15 of you keep solving the problem in front of you, the likelihood is uh, that we'll do okay. And that's what United's team have to do. Saturday, 3 o'clock, Maidenhead, different day, different game, different pitch, different problems. Sort it out what's in front of you and what you did against Barrow and that fantastic move yeah. that had everybody on their feet cheering on Saturday it's gone now that's very wise words so we decided we were going to finish the podcast this week with a bit of a puzzle for you because this is one that's been having us racking our brains in the office you've been all over it I, well all, all I, week. I didn't get it I didn't there, <laughs> there were a couple we looked at the stats and we uh, consulted Talking United's excellent match day programme by the way to get these stats um, Connor Lemonhay Evans, when he came on against Barrow on Saturday, was the 39th player that Torquay United have fielded so far this season. And it's the three and a half teams were. Yeah. yeah, the simple yeah. question is can you name all 39? 
and we tried and I'd forgotten a couple of players from early in the season and most people I got you knew a Cole you did he's he's the one he was the one so what we're going to do but we're not saying any more no what I shall do is I'll say that if you want to play the game if you want to try and name all 39 players that Torquay have used this season pause the podcast now and so if you're coming back in now, I will name the 39 players that Torquay have used this season in order of appearances. I made a, an Excel spreadsheet to do this. You know. <laughs> in order of appearances, the only two players who have started every game are Sean McGinty and Luke Young. There's a shock. Uh, Jamie Reid has played in every game, but four of them are off the bench. So the rest of the players in order of appearances are Vincent Dorrell, Liam Davis... Michi Fete. That's remarkable, isn't it, for a lonely young lonely, yeah. Damon Lathrop. No longer with us. Ryan Higgins, Rory Keating, Josh Gowling, Josh McCoyd, George Dowling, Callum Evans, Ryan Clark, John Paul Pittman, Jake Gosling, Alex Davy, Jazzy Barnum Bob, Miles Anderson, James Gray, Jan Klukowski, Reese Murphy, Sam Cheney. Axel Anderson, Jenison Myrie Williams, Conrad Balatoni, Andy Howarth, who was the one I'd forgotten, along with Chinua Cole, who I'd also forgotten, Tommy O'Sullivan, Elliot Romaine, Dan Lavercombe, Alex Fletcher, Aaron Barnes, Jordan Lee, Rory Fallon, Guy Nabuyu, Brett Williams, Reese Mitchell, and Connor Lemonhay Evans. Those are the 39 players that Torquay have used so far this season. And if you've got all of those, well done you. Absolutely brilliant. I was going to say there's a prize in it, but um, but we haven't got anything to give away, have we? <laughs> no, I've just eaten the last biscuit in the barrel. <laughs> so, well done you. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Herald Express Devon Live Torquay United Yellow Army podcast with Guy and Dave. Thanks for your company. We'll be back next week, hopefully, to celebrate another victory. And in the meantime, come, come on, on, you, you yellows. yellows.